0: Welcome back to the Medicine Encompass podcast. Season four's theme is Back to School. And to celebrate our return to the daily grind of homework and Sunday cramming sessions, our hosts will be taking a deep dive into the world of CVs and academics, discussing the pathway to become a healthcare professional. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Medicine Encompass podcast. My name is Hannah and I'm a sophomore in Fremont, California. I'm also a researcher here at Medicine and Compass for the Anesthesiology, Dermatology, and Pharmacology Committees. Today I'll be talking about cold mailing, a concept unfamiliar to many, but very important for those wanting to get into research in high school. To speak on personal experience, as a student intrigued by science, I've always wanted to get into research. Research for high school students can be an extremely valuable experience, especially for those wanting to get into medicine or research in the future. First, let's talk about what research is and what to expect when emailing for an opportunity. Fundamentally, research takes place in a laboratory where scientists or technicians can conduct scientific research using the field of medicine, bioengineering, computer science, etc. Now, for high schoolers, it's not reasonable to expect to conduct your own experiments in a lab, but it can be possible based on the time and effort you put in. Regardless, to start off, cold mailing can be a great way to contact professors or other research technicians near you to gain access into a lab. However, you will most likely be serving as an assistant or an intern. But, if all goes well, you may be able to help the private investigator out with their project and learn a lot along the way. But, even before that, students need to accomplish the scary feat of cold emailing. Although it sounds daunting, the task itself is simple. It consists of emailing technicians about your interest in their work and determination to get experience. But, before you can even write the email, you need to find professionals to email. If you wish to gain experience in a wet lab or in person, it's best to pick local universities. Some local community colleges also have wet labs where professors are open to allow high schoolers in. Regardless, finding a good university is an important first step. Another big part of the first step is finding professors in the field that interest you. For instance, if you're interested in neuroscience, it would be very beneficial to find professors in neurobiology research. But above all, remember that opportunities are very rare, so do not limit yourself greatly by being too picky in the field of research. With all that information out of the way, let's get to the important details of cold mailing itself. Now, cold mailing is usually harder than most communications because you don't have a relationship with your audience and you can't modify your response in real time, so you don't know how to react. You can't be sure if your audience will react positively or negatively to your message. As a result, many cold mails actually fail. But at the same time, cold mails can be very, very, very beneficial if done right. So there are five main things a cold mail should do effectively. To start off, a cold mail should tailor the message to the recipient, which means that you, as a researcher, need to do your research on the researcher you want to work with, which is very complicated. (laughs) But a cold mail really needs personalization. So talk about your researcher's past projects, field, maybe even a book they wrote. Bring anything up that interests you and hopefully they'll be interested as well. And definitely do not make the rookie mistake of addressing the professor incorrectly. Yes, it's been done before and yes, it's very bad. Now, once you've written a nice introduction with their name spelled correctly, it's time to talk about their research. Make it very clear why you're emailing them and show that you're very motivated because they probably receive hundreds of thousands of cold mails every single month. and. You need to make yourself stand out, so make yourself look motivated, driven, anything that helps. For instance, when someone's asking you to do a favor, it makes it a lot easier for you to do the favor if they are kind about it and acknowledge your past work and are grateful. Now, unless you're emailing your person through a mutual connection or have met them before, you are a stranger to them. So make sure you introduce yourself. So in the first few lines of the email, you want to introduce yourself. You know, state your name, your school, your age, your city, anything that gets them to know you. Moreover, you want to find common ground between yourselves, so that includes maybe talking about your dedication to the field, maybe some past experiences that could help you out, just anything to make yourself known to this person, and maybe familiarize yourself with this person. Now, you also want to acknowledge what this person's time will do for you, so definitely explain how their help would be a really great, amazing thing for you, and how it could really jumpstart your career. Making the recipient feel important, and special, and also powerful in this way could be a really great way to get a response. Now, you also don't want to go in asking for too much because it's probably not likely. So stick to asking for smaller things, maybe a potential internship position over the summer, or maybe a chance to just observe their research. Go in asking for a smaller thing and potentially you'll walk out with a bigger thing. But if you go in asking for a smaller thing, it's more likely you get that smaller thing, and then some. But if you go in asking for too much, it's not likely you get anything at all. Moreover, value the recipient's time. They are most likely very busy and usually don't have time to read very long, cold emails. So keep it short, keep it sweet, and keep it comfortable. You'd probably want to read your email out loud to make sure there are no mistakes, because that can be quite embarrassing, and to make sure it sounds natural, because that's the best way to get a response. But as flexible you want to be in your email, you also want to be authoritative, so maybe suggest a potential meetup, a potential meeting uh, online or in a coffee shop, doesn't really matter, whatever works the best for you. Suggesting something semi-immediate like a meeting could be a great way to get yourself into the recipient's mind and hopefully get something going a lot faster. Plus, a meeting like something in person could be a great way to naturally get to know your recipient and potentially make a better connection with them. So those are some very important pointers for your email. Now let's talk about the email itself, what to write, where to find a template, should you use a template? Let's find out. So like we said before, recipients would like a personalized email, you know, one to make them feel connected to you. So it's not best to copy paste the template to many people. With that said, if you find a great template that makes you feel connected and, you know, happy, then it's possible to use it. Just make sure to personalize it with every single email. So, for instance, if you find a template that uses some good sentences, make sure to personalize the sentences yourself and to add your own sentences to make sure that it's personalized, important, and special. Regardless, leave some space to include information about the person's research. Just something to make sure that you know what the person is doing and something to make sure that you know what you're talking about. So, maybe something about their field so that way the person knows that you have some, you know, understanding of the field because you can understand their research. But above all, it's very, very, very important to not rely on a template for every single thing. Now let's talk about how many emails should you be sending, how much time should you be spending on each email, how many professors should you be emailing. So it's very important that you email a lot of people because you might not get a response on your first, second, or even third email. You might need to send about like 20 before you get a response, and that one response might not be positive. So it's super important that you have a lengthy list of people you're going to email before you start emailing. I recommend making a spreadsheet, that way you can track who you've emailed and if they've responded back. But for the amount of people on your list, I recommend having at least 50 before you start. Now, for the amount of time you should be spending on each email. You want to get to know this person before you email them, so I recommend spending at least a good five minutes or so reading up on the person, you know, looking into their old research and such. Another great and effective way to do this is when you're making the spreadsheet of people, research them beforehand, then put some keynotes about the person on your spreadsheet and use that in your email. That way, the amount of time you're actually emailing people is cut down quite a bit. So, if you implement that technique, you wouldn't have to spend more than 3 minutes on each email because you're just reading up the pointers and including it in the email. But, on researching the person itself, I would spend at least 5 or so minutes looking into the person's old projects, books, anything. Now, what do you do if you don't get a response? Now, keep in mind, this person is very busy, like I said before, and it's kind of unlikely you get a response the first time around. You might need to send a follow-up but don't send a follow-up too early because then you just kind of are bothering the person quite a bit now obviously you are not a bother but if you keep sending emails every other day the person is kind of unlikely to give you an opportunity but with that said you do want to seem dedicated so definitely send a follow-up but maybe wait a week or two and then send it now what does a good follow-up need a good follow-up will address the topic maybe saying Hey so-and-so, thank you so much for your time, but I see that I may have sent my last email at a wrong time, that wasn't convenient for you. Please let me know if this time is more convenient and potentially have a meeting with you. Something like that, you know, just to acknowledge the person's time and to acknowledge the fact that they can check your email and potentially meet up with you. Now, sending a follow-up may also not get your response half the time, but if you send a follow-up and you still don't get a response, don't send another one. I don't think it's likely that you're going to get another opportunity. But occasionally, a good follow-up might get you an opportunity in the first place and the person might realize that they're a really dedicated student, maybe I should give them a chance. Plus, the follow-up might give them the opportunity to read the entire email in depth and realize what a wonderful person you are. In the end, giving you the opportunity you have been working so hard for. Now remember, cold emailing is a difficult task, so don't be disencouraged if you don't get a response the first few times. Keep going, keep working, keep trying. You'll get a response for sure. So just keep swimming and just keep emailing. And once you receive that positive email, be happy about it. Because you did a great job and I'm so proud of you. And all of Medicine Encompass is super proud of you. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate you guys and Medicine Encompass loves you guys. We wish you guys all the best. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you do again soon. Medicine Encompass is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides numerous opportunities oriented towards the integration of STEAM and medicine, aiming to produce content and offer a multitude of services to underprivileged and underserved students. This podcast is our initiative to explore medicine through an informative audio format. Visit our website medicine encompassorg to learn more about our organization. If you would like to suggest a topic to our team or be a featured guest on the Medicine Encompass Podcast, please email us at podcast at medicine encompass.org. Remember to follow us on Spotify and Anchor at the Medicine Encompass Podcast and Instagram at the MedEnc Podcast so you never miss an episode. Music by Alyssa Wong Edited by Megan Lauren.